Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. He stopped, like, mid-sentence. He was like, when I was at WWE, I was asked to hire guys that looked like you. Right now, when I was still in that position, I would have offered you a contract right here on the spot. Wow. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome my guest at this time, the king of the Chicago Bear Hug, Mr. I'm sorry, it, it's master of the Chicago Bear Hug. Sorry, Mr. Michaels, the master of the Chicago Bear Hug, Steve Michaels. I apologize, I've never offended a man of your stature on it, purpose. It, it's all right, I, I forgive you. Continue. Thank you very much, Mr. Michaels. Now, we couldn't be happier to have you here at OVW. You are obviously a top-tier athlete, but what brought you here? Well, OVW is where the best come to wrestle. And Steve Michaels is one of the best. Well, so far you've made quite the impact. So now that you're here, what is your goal? What is the end game for Mr. Steve Michaels? Well, there should be really only one goal, and, and that's the heavyweight title. And there's there's no one better than Steve Michaels to be OVW heavyweight champion. And I think everyone here knows that. You know, you, you've only been here a short time, but you've been on an absolute tear, so I don't think that's far off from being in the future. I mean, you've been an absolute monster inside that ring. A monster? You call Steve Michaels a monster? I will show you what a monster is. Okay. I'm, I am so sorry. I, I misspoke. It was a slip of the tongue. I'm, I am so sorry, Mr. Michaels. Sure. Do you know what? I forgive you, and, and I'm I'm sorry for that outburst, Brian. Please, please forgive me. You forgive, ladies and gentlemen, Steve Michaels. Steve Michaels, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. It is genuinely an honor to have somebody on who looks so phenomenal in a suit. <laughs> genuinely. No, I- I, I try. Those those custom suits aren't cheap, man. So is, I was I was going to ask you about it because there's a lovely picture on Twitter that you took before you went to OVW, and 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 I was going to ask about the suit. Is it a custom suit job? Yeah, it it is a custom. Um, I I have found with uh, my size and stature, uh, off the off the rack suits don't necessarily fit me. Uh, as well as it does others, so um, I'll I'll spend the extra couple of bucks and uh, and get the custom suits. Is there a particular place that's very much your 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 go to now for custom suits? You know, um, honestly, Men's Warehouse has really good prices on custom suits. Um, it's it's nothing super fancy, 
but uh man you you can tell they they get the job done and uh they they look good when you need to wear them no is it um is it I mean, we'll get more into OVW and stuff in a bit, but I always like to know the behind the, the behind the curtains on stuff like that. Is it customary for people to go suited and booted to OVW training? Is that just a personal thing for yourself? You know, that's that's more of a personal thing for me. Um, there's a handful of guys that that do that um, that will show up in in suits. Um, you know, I, I started it uh, back when I was wrestling in Florida um, when I was first getting started and it's just one of those small things that, you know, I'm, I'm going to work, you know, I, I may not have a, a traditional conventional job. So I'm, I'm going to show up to my job, which is wrestling in a suit, uh, pre- prepared for work. Um, and, uh, it's, it's kind of funny cause it's changed the culture in a couple places I've worked. Um, guys will start seeing like, Oh, he's, showing up every day in a suit maybe i should at least wear a shirt and tie and uh you know i'm, I'm glad i can kind of be a role model in that sense because it's quite an old school thing to to wear a suit when you because it was you know it was sort of hard wired into people in sort of the 80s and the 90s and i think a lot of people in wwe still kind of do it where like you go places and you you're suited for it so i like the fact that in places where that has fallen off you're you're pushing ahead you're 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 you're, you're carrying the torch if you will yeah, you know, I mean, and I've I've gotten a few guys that have been like, dude, there's like no one at this show. Why are you wearing a suit? And um, in reality, it's it's kind of just become my thing. It's it's almost become a routine at this point where it's like, hey, I've I've got to go to this show. Let me put on, figure out what suit I'm wearing today, and 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 let's go, um, so I can can look the best for the job I'm going to do. Now, where we're sending you today, it might be too hot for a suit. Just a heads up. <laughs> So we're sending okay. you metaphorically to a desert island, Steve. So uh, while you are there, whilst you're, you're chilling out in the sunshine, you, you're going to have three matches burned onto a Blu-ray uh, for you to watch whilst you kick back. But there are three matches that are going to have some significance to you, uh, some some personal meaning to you, maybe just three matches that you just love the bones off of that you want to watch over and over again. Uh, we're going to go through them one by one as we chat today. So what would you like your first one to be, Steve? Uh you know, I, I was thinking about this quite a bit last night, actually. Um, and it's got to be Triple H Jericho from WrestleMania 18. Ooh, uh, okay. It, um, the story that built up to that match was so good um, that once they got into the ring, um, you could you could tell it by watching the crowd, like, they told such a good tale um, by the moves that they did, the things that they did, the the facial expressions in that match. Um, and on on a more personal note, that was like, I think that was only the the second pay per view that my uh, my parents ever let me actually order. Um, before that, I, you know, I would get get tapes and and trade tapes and stuff like that, but. Um, so it has a, a personal significance to me as being like, wow, this is like, like they really do up their games on these, you know, these live pay-per-views. So um, 
I, I still love that match and I'll watch it all the time. What I love is that we've been doing this show for uh, for years now and, and WrestleMania 18 does almost once a month come up, but it's not that match as you might imagine because uh, a yeah. lot of people will cite Rock Hogan and uh, the, the conversation around that match is interesting because every, there's the general consensus from people is it's as it it whilst that match was a strong outing from both of them it shouldn't have gone on last that's the general consensus as much as you love that match as much as it is actually a really strong match where do you sit on that conversation uh you know i think if if you're looking at at the amount of money that a match would have made the the amount of draw that a match did then you you would put hogan rock as main event um without question um but if you look at what they were trying to do um, with the titles at that time, um, if you look at kind of the direction post-WrestleMania 18 um, with uh, with the heavyweight title, they kind of had to put that as the main event because um, because of where they, they needed to go story-wise. It is a unique setup for that match as well. Again, one like you know the the, the build-up to that is is a lot of you know. To the, I remember reading an article about that match, and and it was uh, it's quite a grumpy writer in the UK by Finn Martin. So I take everything he says with a bit of a pinch of salt. He's a he's a lovely guy. He's a bit grumpy, Steve. Um, but he was of the mindset of if they could have got away with doing Triple H versus Stephanie McMahon for the undisputed title, they would have done that instead. But Chris Jericho played a blinder in that match as well as triple h and what is is there a moment from that match when you think about it that a particular spot from it that you always recall i mean i i think everybody kind of immediately remembers the pedigree through the table on stephanie yes you know um i mean that was such a that was such a wow moment um because again because of everything that had built up to that um, and her kind of hiding behind Jericho for so much of it. And then she finally got hers and and then it was like, yeah, they finally did it. So um, yeah, that that would have to be my like my one main like like memory of that match if if you were to ask me for one like right on the spot. So you say this was the show, the first show that your parents let you watch. So um Talk us through how Steve Michaels at a young age was watching this particular show. Were your parents watching it with you or were you watching it on your own? No, I mean, I was I was watching it on my own. So um, growing up, my dad was always a wrestling fan. Um, he would, you know, he'd watch Nitro, he'd watch Raw. Um, my mom was not a fan. She still is not a fan of wrestling. Um, and um, so she was like, you, you're, you're not watching that. I was like, okay, fine. But then I would like go downstairs and like my, my dad would have nitro on and he'd be like, don't tell your mom we're watching this, and, <laughs> you know, and I, and we'd watch, you know, flip between nitro and raw and, and see all the attitude era stuff going on. And um, I was just enthralled by it. Um, and then, you know, you, you start, once my mom realized I was watching, she was like, okay, fine. Uh, it's something you're doing with your dad and that's cool. Like it's, it's fine. Um, and then I would start doing like tape trading um, or, you know, picking up uh, matches from like Blockbuster or Hollywood Video or whatever it is and um, start 
watching the pay-per-views that way um because my my parents are both like you can watch the the basic shows but like pay-per-views like those will get expensive we're not we're not doing that um and eventually i think it was wrestlemania 17 i finally was like look please i really need to like just let me let me just do wrestlemanias <laughs> and they were like okay fine uh so wrestlemania 17 was the first one i ever watched and then wrestlemania 18 was the second one i ever watched and i i i would argue you can't pick two better wrestlemanias as your first two pay-per-views that you watch live so yeah that's how that kind of worked yeah we are as we are recording this as we're as the, you're hearing this as well we are we are well and truly in wrestlemania season uh is as a as, as a as a competitor yourself now steve are you are you still as much a fan of the build-up and the hype around wrestlemania as you were when you were buying wrestlemania 17 yeah um you know it, it it's a little bit different now because um you you look at things differently as a wrestler you know, you, you look at the way, um, you look at the way that they're telling the stories. Now you're looking at the, the matches they're having, like the, the technical aspects of the matches now. Um, but you know, I, every year I still, if, if I'm not, not booked WrestleMania weekend, I'll hang out with my friends and we'll, we'll do our annual WrestleMania watch party at, uh, over at my buddy Jason's house. And we'll, we'll just, uh, we'll all just kind of get together and just, be fans um so yeah i mean I, I i love this time of year like everybody's thinking about wrestling it's it's not just good for like the wwe it's great for all wrestling you know um because everybody's thinking about you know it's it's great for ovw it's great for all the independents right now like because everybody's all about wrestling so we all just kind of build upon it and and just just take that ride with everybody have you got plans in Dallas for WrestleMania week? Uh, there's a couple things that I'm, I'm working on. I, I'm talking to a couple people. Um, I would absolutely love to do more, more stuff out there. Um, I'll actually be in San Antonio the week after uh, for a show in San Antonio, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm working on a couple things still. What I love is how WrestleMania has evolved over the years from like when you and I were watching WrestleMania 17 to now and how WrestleMania um, as a, as a fan is still a spectacle, but as a performer, it's a bit like over here. It's a bit like the Edinburgh fringe festival in the sense that the whole wrestling world just seems to descend upon wherever WrestleMania is that week. And you just have every promotion or you know, pretty much everybody mixing and blending in some way, shape or form. So even though, as you say, you hopefully working on a couple of things and will you take, will you take time while you're there to, to drink in some of the scenery as well, if you're in Dallas for the week? Yeah. Oh, of course. Like, um, like you mentioned, WrestleMania has like, week it used to be just wrestlemania the day then it became wrestlemania weekend and now it's a whole week um so uh you know there's so much stuff to do so many shows so much talent um there's you know full wrestling conventions now that are are showing up wrestlemania week and uh it's a great place to see a bunch of independent guys um and get to know a bunch of new faces so uh yeah i mean i'll, I'll definitely be wandering around um i i'm a big fan of sightseeing too in new towns. So uh, I'll, I'll definitely be, be seeing some of the sites as well.
Let's wind the clock back a little bit. So uh, you've said here, and you've said in other interviews as well, that uh, you tape traded, and that was how you you know you discovered so much around the world. I, I mean, for those who who missed that whole part of, of of the wrestling community, how did you get into the tape trading scene? Uh, you know, it, I kind of stumbled onto it actually. Um, I had a I had a friend in high school who was like, hey, you know. Uh, he was a big wrestling fan and and we just kind of we kind of bonded on that and he was like one day he was like hey did you ever see um i don't remember what the pay-per-view was he asked me if i saw this one pay-per-view i was like no i've never seen it he's like hold on i can get you a tape of it and i was like what do you mean like this is a a pay-per-view from like 97 and this is you know 2002 i'm like how do you like how do you have a tape of this he's like oh like there's a bunch of us that do this um and that was kind of my introduction to it like at that point i i had started taping like the raws and smackdowns and and stuff like that and um the different like televised shows that i was getting um and he was like yeah like like whatever literally whatever you want um and so you know i i start that's how i first got introduced to ovw was through those tape trades um because we, you know, we, at the time they didn't have television coverage up here in Chicago, um, and so I, I, that's how I, I got introduced to John Cena and Brock Lesnar and uh, Dave Bautista. Like, it was wild. It like opened up the whole world. Because um, you know, then people were like, "Hey, did you ever see this stuff in Japan?" Like, they started talking about like the death matches in Japan um, for like the the Terry Funk like McFoley stuff, and I was like. I've only heard of it, but like, I've never seen it. And they're like, hold on, like we can get you those tapes. Um, it was just, it, it was a really neat time. Like um, wrestling fans have always been like rabid and diehard and, and all that stuff. But it was almost another level back then because you had to go through so much if you really wanted to see something particular. Out of all the tapes, and there will be hundreds, no doubt, that, that you've traded back and forth over the years, uh, is, is there one in particular that, 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 you, that you coveted the most, one in particular that, that really changed your, changed your perception on wrestling, maybe? Yeah, um, honestly, and as, as weird as this sounds, um, I, had, I had never really been exposed to the stuff over in Japan, like the FMW stuff. And I got an FMW tape and that like changed my life. Cause I was like, this is insane. Like this is completely different than anything that's ever, ever been on TV here in the U S. Um, I was like, what it like, I was an ECW fan. So I was familiar with like some of that style, but uh, seeing like exploding like rings and like barbed wire wrote, like, I was like, this is insanity um and that really kind of like made me think well wrestling can be anything like wrestling can literally be anything you want it to be and there's an audience for pretty much anything um and so that was kind of a game changer for me was there a, a desire at that point to throw yourself into that style uh not at all <laughs> <laughs> i like it but from over here you do that yeah. over there i'll just watch it <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'll 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 watch it all day. I'll I'll watch those uh, the death matches. Um, I they've gotten to become even more extreme now, which I'm I'm personally I'm not a huge fan of. 
Um, but I, re I respect all those guys that are, that are doing it and making a living doing it. But yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll do a hardcore match. I'll do a street fight. I'll, I'll do a, you know, those ladder matches, cage matches, whatever. But uh, you know, when it comes to like light tubes and stuff like that, that's not, that's not my scene. Not everybody who take trades makes the jump to get into wrestling. What was it that made you decide not only do I like this, I want to do this? Uh, you know, it wasn't anything directly related to, to tape trading. Um, in, <laughs> it was kind of funny. As a fan, uh, I went to uh, one of the WrestleManias out in California uh, with one of my good friends. Um, you know, I was I was in college at the time. You know, I, I was studying anthropology and... Um, Ended up meeting uh, the Wild Samoans uh, just as a fan, and I, I'll I'll never forget Alpha looking at me and being like, "Do you wrestle?" And I was like, "I I don't. I'm not sure if I can cut it." And he just kind of smiled and he was like, "You never know until you try." Um, and that kind of got the the mind rolling um, and the gears turning. And then fast forward to about a month later. Um, there was a convention here in Chicago. And at the time I had a really small wrestling podcast, uh, just as a fan. And we somehow got a press pass. Um, and we did inter an interview with Tommy dreamer. Uh, and Tommy was, and still is a wrestler. I was always a fan of. And after our short interview, we were just kind of, you know, shooting the breeze and he stopped like mid sentence. He was like, by the way, I've been meaning to ask you do you wrestle? And I was like, you're the second person that's asked me this. And at the time I was 28, you know? Um, and he was like, well, he's like, for what it's worth, he's like, when I was at WWE, I was asked to hire guys that looked like you. So if you were a wrestler right now, when I was still in that position, I would have offered you a contract right here on the spot. Wow. Yeah, um, and that's really kind of a mind-blowing uh, statement to hear um, as a fan. And he's like, how old are you? And I was like, I'm 28, you know? He was like, go get started now. Um, and by, the, by September of that year, that was March. By September of that year, I had picked up and moved to Florida and started training in Florida. Um, and it was the best decision I've ever made in my life. Out of interest, um, what happened with the podcast? Uh, you know, once once I started wrestling, um, I just didn't have time anymore. Um, I All my focus went on training. Um, you know, we kicked around the idea of bringing it back eventually, but um, it's OVW's keeping me so busy. Wrestling's mm. keeping me so busy right now. Um, it's it's hard for me to make that commitment to, you know, once a week to come up with new content and put out new content like that and uh, dedicate the time to doing it. So unfortunately went by the wayside, but it uh, it brought me some good things. So I'm I'm feel pretty blessed that I get, had the opportunity to even try it. Everything happens for a reason. So it's one of those things where you, whilst the, the, the future was never going to be doing the podcast, the podcast got you into a room with Tommy Dreamer that gave you that conversation. 
exactly what led to what led to but whilst you were doing that you mentioned there that you were studying anthropology so had wrestling had you not had that conversation with the world samoans and with tommy dreamer what would you have ended up doing do you think man i i would have loved to have worked at a museum um i'm i'm a, a science nerd i'm a history nerd uh at the core of it um but i would have loved to have just kind of worked at a natural history museum and um just you know uh uh cataloging like pots and stuff like I, that that would have made me happy um i've always been interested in that stuff since i was a child so yeah i, I would either be there or out in the field doing digs someplace and um which wouldn't be terrible either but uh I, i'm happy with where i'm at in wrestling and, and being with ovw and, and getting the the opportunity just to to literally live a dream you know i'm living my childhood dream i want to talk about your time in ovw in a moment but we've got your second match to get to for your for your dvd so what would you like uh, to accompany chris jericho and triple h from wrestlemania 18 on your desert island then steve uh i would go with uh this is a match that i discovered later on um and it just it's always kind of um piqued my interest uh, just because of the styles, but uh, Mysterio Guerrero from Halloween Havoc 97. Um, I could never work that style, um, <laughs> but watching the way that they moved in that ring, the things that they did that was so innovative for that time. I mean, there was, there was nobody really doing that stuff on, on main television um, in US TV in, in 97. So they really kind of opened up the door for, um a lot of that lucha style in america uh in mainstream america um and i i that match holds up so well too what led you to discover it because obviously you, you as you said you weren't watching the pay-per-views uh with your dad you were just watching the main show so you wouldn't have seen this one so much later but so who was it that turned you on to that match honestly i i stumbled upon it there were like wwe released like a like a eddie guerrero dvd and it was on there and that was the first time i had ever seen it and i was like i watched that match and i immediately fell in love with it um it's i'm a big eddie guerrero fan anyway and as i think most people are um but just watching the way that he and ray kind of kind of worked and just told this unique tale um while while doing all these high-flying moves um it's captivating it's very captivating to watch and it it still holds up so 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 well uh, we obviously lost eddie guerrero back in 2005 um for, for yourself um what is outside of that match what is the legacy that that eddie guerrero leaves behind yeah, um i think it's the fact that no one has anything bad to say about him like I, I think if if you're around wrestling long enough uh, and you spend time in wrestling locker rooms or, or any kind of time around even wrestling fans, um, it's hard to find somebody that nobody has anything bad to say about. Um, and he's one of those guys that you can go up to anybody that's worked with him and they'll be like, man, I love Daddy. You know, I've... I've talked with uh doug basham down to obw um he's become a mentor to me down there and he's 
man, the the stories he's he's told me about working with Eddie, um, the the level of love that everyone kind of uh, still feels for him is, I think, is um, is what his real legacy is. It's not the moves, it's not the matches, it's it's the person that he was. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You've packed up, you've gone to Florida, and uh, you're pursuing the wrestling dream. It was Team 3D, wasn't it? The Academy, with yourself? Uh, I, I did. I went there. Uh, I was at Team 3D for a year. Um, they gave me a really great kind of base. Um, honestly, there there were so many schools down in Florida. It was There were very few wrong choices to make. Um, but I, again, ECW fan. Um, I, I of course wanted to learn from the Dudleys, um, and got to, to train and, and learn from a lot of great wrestlers. Serpentico, uh, was a trainer there. Um, Devon was there almost every day. Um, their head, uh, personal trainer, Dan Carr was, um, always fantastic to me. Um. I, I have nothing bad to say about that place. It, it gave me a good foundation. Um, but it, it ended up, you know, after a year, um, I felt like I needed to sit under an, a different learning tree to um, kind of round out my um, round out my my views on wrestling. Um, so I went to a place called Pro Wrestling 2.0. Um, which was also in the Orlando area, which meant I didn't have to move again. <laughs> um, but their head trainer at the time uh, was Jesus Rodriguez, uh, who fans would know as Ricardo Rodriguez, uh, Del Rio's ring announcer. Uh, what most people might not know is Jesus is one heck of a luchador. Um, and he is an amazing wrestler. Um you know, the, the school itself was run by Alex Porto, um, who uh, had a stint in WWE as the pug in like the early 90s. Um, but Jesus became a, a real kind of a, a mentor to me. Uh, he still is. I still talk to him. Um, you know, he he would kind of when anytime I'd get in my own head, he would 
sit me down, have a couple words of wisdom, kind of fix me right up, and then I'd be ready to go. Um, and I learned so much there. I, I ended up having my first match at their their uh, at their school showcase. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's kind of how things went. Um, you know, 3D was was amazing. 2.0 um, really kind of polished me and got me ready for the road. So, as you say, there was there's so many to choose from uh, in Florida in terms of wrestling schools. What was the factor that made you decide not only to to step away from Team 3D, but why did you choose uh, Jesus Rodriguez to to continue your training? Yeah, so um, I left 3D because I the things I was learning there were great. It was technically sound. It was, it was, um, it was all the basics that I would need to know. Um, they weren't designed as a school that put on shows. Um, so in order to get on the road, I would then have to find my own shows immediately once I was cleared from training. Um, 2.0 had a school. Um, they had, uh, and they had shows. They had shows with wrestlers that were uh, in town from Puerto Rico and and from across the U.S. and other students. And um, it really seemed like kind of the right place to go if I wanted to start getting um, actual real life experience. Um, and Jesus, I I did a little bit of research on him, um, and I'm. He, it just kind of felt like the right fit. Um, and uh, the the people that I trained with, let me say this really quick um, before I forget. Um, I was talking with one of the Florida wrestlers uh, two weeks ago. I People don't realize it right now, but the amount of talent that came from Central Florida um, from about... 2000 uh about 2015 through 2019 is insane um there's so much talent that you see today um on the indies that are killing it that came from that time frame and uh, that story's not been written yet uh it will be one day that story is going to be told and and people are going to kind of look back on on the people that i got the opportunity to kind of train with um and and work with like i've known omar since then uh, omar amir uh from ovw i've known him since uh 3d you know uh uh trisha dora i've trained with her at 3d um you know i'm uh marquise hamilton the the new nxt ref he was one of my best friends and uh a longtime rival down there like the success level that people are having is kind of off the charts um i just i just wanted to to mention that because i think there's a lot of people that are um that are doing great things today that i don't think people realize all came essentially from the same class of wrestlers in florida 
Because, I mean, at the, you've got this amazing swell of talent uh, in, in 2022. And, and, and it's the reason they seem to have sort of bamfed into existence is because they've been grafting at their talent since, as you say, 2015. And, and that's why the scene is so strong at the moment. And, I'm, and you mentioned that, and I'm genuinely excited to, to hear more of, of that story get told in years to come of this, this, this body of talent from the Florida area that just exploded out into America, exploded out across the world and made more things happen. That's going to be a really cool story to tell. Um, I want to mention this. I mean, you don't have to answer this if you don't need to, but going back to the conversation you had with Tommy Dreamer and how Tommy said, you know, when I worked for WWE, if I saw a guy who looked like you, I'd be offering you a contract straight away. Yeah. Has there ever been any sort of discussion around um, WWE and, and possibly doing more stuff there? Uh, you know, honestly... I'm happy with where I am right now. Um, I'm, I, I know that's going to sound like a, a real kind of like a political answer. Um, no, no, it's all. If you're happy, you're happy. Um, that's, that's, but I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm so happy with, with the things that OVW has been doing. Um, you know, I, I, I know there, there have been a couple potential opportunities with, with AEW that I, my name has come up in some discussions. Um, uh, you know, I, if if I get the call from from WWE, I'll happily answer that call. Um, if I get the call from AEW, I'll happily answer that call. Um, right now, you know, I'm I'm a contracted wrestler for Ohio Valley Wrestling, and um, you know, with the history and the lineage there, I'm thrilled to be there. And and that's all it's about right now. Is you can tell from watching you doing what you do at OVW, that you're enjoying it, that you're having a good time there, and you're part of uh, the, the a, a wonderful class of people that are doing something there. And I'll, I, we had Jesse Goddard on the other week uh, having a chat about this, and I want to ask you the same question that I asked uh, the OVW uh, national champion, which is, you know, the, the history of Ohio Valley wrestling runs so deep. You said yourself when you were tape trading, it was people like Batista, John Cena, Shelton Benjamin, the Bashams, um, and, and many, a multitude of other names, Randy Orton, Brock Lesnar. How to forget Brock Lesnar? But um, how'd you forget? Um, with all that history there, is there a pressure on you? Um, yeah, I mean, I... I think there's an inherent pressure um, that kind of comes with working at that level. You know, I mean, it's o OVW is now a television company, you know? Um, so there's now it's, it's not as much a pressure of, you know, am I going to be the next Brock Lesnar? Am I going to be the next Batista? It's, it's a whole different kind of pressure now because now people know like you said, people know the names that came from there when it was a developmental system. So people are tuning into it now, expecting to see the next Brock Lesnar. They're expecting to see the next Randy Orton because that's kind of the legacy that OVW currently has. Um, where in reality now we've, we've really kind of grown um, and we've become our own, um, we've become our own entity. So, um, you know, yeah, I mean, I, there's, there's pressure to it, but, um, I, 
I, I show up, I do my job. Um, I go home, I try and, um, I try and not let it get to me. Um, and I just try and appreciate the moments. How did you get in contact with OVW in the first place to go from sort of, you know, learning your craft around Florida to uh, heading to Louisville? Like, how does that conversation start with you? So, um, it, it was kind of a roundabout way actually. Um, cause once I moved back to Chicago, um, after I had really started to get a foothold of wrestling, um, I was wrestling for a company up in Chicago uh, called Berwyn Championship Wrestling. Um, and I had the opportunity one day to wrestle Jay Bradley, who's now over at the, uh, the NWA as one of the fixers. Um, and Jay and I had a really great match. Um, he was extremely selfless um, in giving of himself um, and the finish of that match, um, he, uh, he changed the finish of that match, um, which changed my, my trajectory in, in that company from that moment on. Um, cause Jay was supposed to win. He was supposed to go over and, um, he recognized that I was the one getting all the cheers that night. And he was like, Nope, you're going to beat me in the middle of the ring. He, he told me, he's like, he's like, Nope, pin me. Put me wow. in the bear right now. Um, and I, I will never forget that. I'm sure that's something that Jay doesn't really want, want talked about that much, but um, it, it meant a lot to me. Um, but then Jay and I didn't talk again after that. Like he, he ended up leaving, leaving that company. Um, and then like a year or two later, I had an opportunity with impact out in Vegas. I was talking to the former booker at Berwyn and he was like, let me get you in contact with Jay because Jay worked at Impact. Um, he was like, you know, maybe he's got some advice for you as to what they're looking for and, you know, what you can do to, to stand out. And Jay gave me some advice. Uh, but then Jay was like, you know, we're, I'm currently one of the head trainers at OVW and we're doing a bunch of really great stuff down here. He's like, it's about to blow up. That was his exact words. OVW is about to blow up. And I think you'd like to be a part of this. Um, he's like, I can, I can get you a shot down here if you want. Um, and again, you know, knowing the history of OVW, I was like, yeah, let's do it. Um, and uh, remember driving down there in uh, September of 2019 and getting to the the davis arena for the first time and you know it's got the it's got the old ovw logo on the side of the building and everything and it's it's back in like an industrial area and i'm like this is the place like and you walk in and and you just you get hit with the history um because it that building has not changed a whole ton um and the rest is kind of history there um i've I've been working OBW ever since. Um, I, I feel extremely grateful for that opportunity that Jay got me to kind of get my foot in the door there. Obviously, you got there in September 2019. It wasn't really long after that that the, the whole world shut down yeah. as we all were a part of, 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 a, of a, a, a history, um, and, uh, something that we've written about in history textbooks for years to come, something you might be archiving in a museum at some point. You never know. Um, <laughs> What kept you mentally 
saying during that time you've moved to a new place and all of a sudden the thing that you were there to do you can't do the way that you were hoping to do so what sort of kept you mentally ticking over during that time um you know it was tough i was uh personally i was out of work for about six months um where i i just literally was kind of sitting at home um which at first was kind of nice because I was doing a lot of traveling and I was I was flying a lot of places and I wasn't getting a lot of time to to spend in my own bed. Uh, so for about the first month, I was like, yeah, this is pretty great. I'm I'm actually like I actually get to live at home for a while. Um, and then it just, you know, I think with everybody, it was kind of like, oh, this is this may go on for a while. Um so I, you know, I, I binged watched some TV. I, I did pretty much the same stuff that everyone did. Um, and uh, just kind of was like, uh, actually, the, the day San Antonio shut down, I was supposed to be out in San Antonio for a show. Um, and flew, I have a non-OVW show out there. And I flew out there that whole week because that, that was March of 2020. Uh, the first first or second week of March 2020. And I remember that whole week talking to that promoter and being like, hey, are we good? And he's like, yeah, we're all good. Cool. And then I get out there uh, the Friday, the day before the show. And at noon on Friday, they were like, we're shutting everything down. Um, so I ended up having to, I, luckily I found a show in Laredo, which was about two hours away. Um, but at that point I knew I was like, you know, this may be my last show and I don't know how long. Um, I don't think any of us knew how long that was, you know, this things were gonna be the way that they were and, and are. Um, and I was just kind of like, I'm going to enjoy this um, because I I may honestly never get a chance to do this again uh, if it's as bad as it seems today. Um, so uh, had a, a banger of a match in Laredo um, and had as much fun as I could. And um, that honestly kind of, I, I just kept that memory and I kept that kind of feeling throughout until I, I was able to go back to work at OVW. Cause I was just like, yeah, if that, if that was my last match for a while, I'm okay with that. Obviously, we're in a place now where the world is uh, is back up and running again, uh, as is OVW. This uh, this weekend, it's March Mayhem. Um, when that again, and another another great night for OVW coming up, and they seem to be putting on these uh, these massive shows as of late. And what are, what are some of your goals, Steve? Um, now that you know the motor is properly running on OVW for yourself, what are some of your goals you'd like to achieve in the in the next twelve months there? Uh- First and foremost, I, I want my tag titles back. Um, you know, uh, the Legacy of Brutality, you know, Zoe and I, we had those tag titles. The LOB, uh, and this is a verifiable fact, is the longest, uh, had the longest reign of OVW tag team champions in the history of the company. Um, and uh, we had it for well over a year. Um we lost it to the Tates. We want those titles back. Um, and I'm ready to do whatever it takes to get the, to get them back. Um, you know, dark clouds have them right now. I've got a lot of respect for the dark clouds, Eric and bundles, uh, nothing but love to them. Um, but if it comes down to it, 
uh, I'm happy to run through them to take back what is our property. Yeah, that's what we like. That's what we like. We're going to do the big sell for OVW in a minute for, for March Mayhem and everything else and for yourself. But we've got one more match for your Desert Island, Steve. What would you like your third and final match to be? So this is one that I, I actually keep going back to to, to study um, because it's it's a great match with, with a big man and um, a, a, a decent-sized wrestler um, that we're both kind of at the top of their game. Vader versus Sting at the Great American Bash 1992. Nice. Now, Vader has had some big matches in, in WCW, uh, but what about this one in particular pushes it over the top for you? It, it was just the watching it. There was a physicality level that Vader and Sting just kind of both brought out of each other. Um, Sting is and always will be one of the best wrestlers in the world. Um, and Vader was just kind of, he was, he was at the top of his game at this point. Like he was, he was just, he was moving real well. He, um, he had, you could tell he had a lot of motivation and, and just kind of, um, a lot of drive to him. And, and Sting was, was really just, he, he was just on this upward slope of, of this meteoric rise that, you know, was and is his career. Um, and they, when they had this clash, like it was something to see. Um, and the, just the, the way Vader moves um, in that match is, is something that I, I personally try and uh, try and focus on there. Cause he, he just had this way of, he was a big dude, um, but he, he could move like he was like a cruiserweight. Uh, and that I always found impressive. Um, is um, is there a particular moment from that one? I always like to try and pick out certain moments uh, that uh, maybe a Vader moment that you yourself have, have replicated or, or tried to emulate or paid homage to in in some of your work. I mean, not not from that match in particular that I've I've tried to uh, to homage, but I mean, I, I I'll occasionally bust out the the big Vader bomb. Uh, in my repertoire i do um he does this running kind of like body avalanche splash um instead of just you know regular shoulder tackle just avalanche over the guys um i use that frequently i've i've stolen that from him um he's uh, he's one of those wrestlers that i i tried to base a lot of uh my my in-ring um uh physicality on yeah, I think there's a, there's a there's a real big man energy that a lot of people will try and uh, draw from with Vader, and he's a he's a he's a good person to draw it from. Uh, some of that big man energy that uh, you're bringing to OVW, putting on March Mayhem this weekend on Fight. For those who are going to uh, be watching this weekend, maybe some uh, OVW fans that have lost their way and are finding their way back on the right path. What can people expect? Who should people look out for uh, when watching OVW on fight this weekend? You know, OVW, it, it, this isn't, you know, the OVW of the early 2000s anymore. This is a, a verifiable uh, television-based company. You know, our programming is on... Uh, more chance uh, is in more households than every wrestling program except for SmackDown. That's a fact. Um, and 
you know, I don't think a lot of people realize that. Um, it, it has such wide availability, um, not just in the in North America, but it, across Europe and uh, globally. Um, so anybody can can go on uh, to Fight TV and and open up the app and and see our programming. Um, if it's not locally, um, the talent level that's there right now is so good. Um, you've got guys like like Tony Bizzo, who um, is a heck of a, a wrestler. Um, you've got guys like the Dark Clouds, who I, I cannot say enough about. Um, Eric and Buns, I, I, I love those guys. Um, you know, I, you can go down the, the, the female roster is great. Ari Alexander is a phenomenal wrestler. Um, one of the best female wrestlers I've, I've had an opportunity to work with and, and, uh, talk with in a locker room. Um, you know, it's, it's a whole new level. This isn't, these aren't developmental guys anymore. These are verified stars, uh, and names that you're going to hear from for a long, long time to come. Now, Steve, you are a busy guy outside of OVW. You are still uh, grafting. Where can people find you next outside of Ohio Valley Wrestling? So uh, I actually have a show in the Chicago area coming up uh, in two weeks on March 12th in Joliet, Illinois. Uh, it's for a company called Rocket Pro Wrestling. Uh, I will be going up against uh, former Impact star, NWA wrestler Marche Rocket um, for the Rocket Pro Wrestling Heavyweight title. Um, and if you show up to that show, I may bring some friends from OBW uh, to have my back. Uh, and let's just say that this match might end up being very brutal. And if people want to keep up with what you are up to, sir, where can they find you online? You can find me online. I'm on. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I try and keep it simple. All at Chicago Bear Hug. Um, all one word. Um, you know, I'm I'm extremely active on Twitter uh, and on Instagram and on Facebook. So um, you can always find out where I'm at. Uh, find out what OVW shows I'm on, what uh, independent shows I'm on. Um, you can always. Uh, I'm going to do a, a merch plug. Uh, for uh, my Pro Wrestling Tees store, uh, which is also uh, prowrestlingtees.com slash Chicago Bear Hug. Uh, you can pick up uh, a bunch of the Steve Michaels shirts there. You know, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm always always glad to, to get new followers, get new fans. Um, and I, I love interacting with them. I think that's, um, I think that's a key that, that that's kind of been lost over the years is, um, you know, I, I appreciate each fan that I get. So um, if you follow me, shoot me a text, shoot me a, a, a message, say hi. Um, I'm always glad to to say hi to my fans. Find for the wrestling, stay for the suits because they're yes. very good suits. Yeah, it's it's those uh, it's those men's warehouse Joseph Abood suits. Um, and uh, if if I don't if I don't uh, get a free suit out of this one, I don't I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> If NS yes, that's if that's the that's the, the bare minimum of what we should expect from today. <laughs> These suits for Chicago Bear Hug, please. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 